0: Welcome once again to the Thrive Subscribe Podcast. Uh, you know, just around the corner here is uh, Christmas, and I suppose uh, uh, this is our last podcast before Christmas, Randy. Have you got your Christmas shopping done yet?
1: Haven't started yet, Mike.
0: <laughs> Neither have I. Uh, today we're going to talk to Josh, uh, and Josh is going to give us, uh, you know, basically his why statement. So. What is a why statement, Randy?
1: That's a good question, Mike, but a why statement is what really directs you in, in your vision for your practice. And in fact, Talca's Pharmacy has a why statement.
0: You know, I knew that, but I figured we better, you know, let you say that.
1: <laughs> well, let me read it to you, Mike, and and because it might be something other people would like to hear how we developed our why. It starts off by if it's good for the patient, then it's good for the profession. These words sum up our why statement. Our focus is to always provide the highest quality care to our patients. And it is our professional responsibility to ensure that our patients' medications are optimized. Each encounter with a patient needs to be meaningful and productive, with the objective to resolve any medications related problems associated with their therapy. It is important that with each encounter we have with our patients, their caregivers, or providers, and other stakeholders, our core values of integrity, respect, helpfulness, and compassion are experienced firsthand.
0: Now that's a lot of why, but I do like that. But probably the most uh, impactful part of that is how you begin it, Randy. If it's good for the patient, it's good for the profession, and I bet there's a story behind that.
1: Well, there is a story behind that. You know, one of our uh, royalty families within profession of pharmacy in Iowa are the Osterhaus family, and Bob Osterhaus. Um, use that phrase all the time whenever we got together as a group or leaders within the profession. And he always would say, after listening to everyone, saying, you know, the decisions we make need to be that if it's good for the patient, then it's good for the profession. And so I like to reiterate that statement all the time because it keeps you focused on really what we're supposed to be doing.
0: It really does kind of, uh, you know, bring it all to, you know, one concise little statement. So it'll be interesting because I'm sure a why statement is as varied... Uh, as it can be because every pharmacy has got a little bit of, of a different slant on what they want to do and how they want to accomplish it and why they're in business in the first place. So, you know, why don't we uh, bring in uh, Josh and, uh, you know, we can ask him what his why statement is.
1: Oh, that sounds good. Josh is the pharmacy owner for Rex Pharmacy. He has two locations in Iowa, uh, one location in Atlantic, another one in Anita, Iowa. Josh has also been recognized for the work that he's done and the innovations that he's done by being named the Health Mart Pharmacist Pharmacy of the Year, and that was in 2016, which is a big honor. There's a lot of Health Marts, um, over 2,000 Health Marts out there, and uh, he was the one that selected nationally to be recognized for his work. So, Josh, congratulations on that, and, and welcome to Thrive Subscribe.
2: Thank you, Randy, and I uh, appreciate that, and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, be on your podcast this morning
1: all right well thank you for taking the time josh let's start off with you know i i know you've done a lot of work and having a vision for your practice and you've obviously been recognized for your work in transforming and advancing community pharmacy practice and you often speak about the why statement for your practice so i want to ask you what is your why statement for transforming your practice
2: sure sure excellent um yeah, I, I, I'm pretty big with why as a driver uh for change and vision. And, you know, I guess with, with with most things, it certainly wasn't my idea. I uh, came from a book called It Starts With Why. Um If you've ever read the book by Simon Sinek, an author and speaker, or checked out one of his TED Talks, it, it's really powerful. And it's kind of kind of stuck with me. But it's it's built around this notion or this idea that, People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. So, um, with that, we kind of went to work in, in developing our why statement. So I'll kind of, I'll kind of read ours. Um, why Rex Pharmacy at Rex Pharmacy? We aim to provide the best experience for our customers by delivering new and innovative approaches to pharmacy care. We believe that pharmacy is more than just dispensing medications and Rex Pharmacy plays an important role in the health of our community. In fact, everything we do and every decision we make, is driven by the effect on wellness in our community. This is our why. I
1: was just going to say that's yeah. a very impressive why statement, Josh. So I appreciate that.
2: It, it's kind of, it's kind of long, you know. A lot, a lot of people struggle with uh, this notion of having kind of a snappy little slogan, but uh, we really kind of built it um, for our team and for our employees, really to kind of drive drive the vision home and, and really call out, um, you know, what what kind of the uh, prevailing thought is about what pharmacy is right dispensing medications to what we believe we want to be um, playing a role in the health of our communities so i think that was the important part of us for us so um you know it's it's been it's been a powerful driver for our team for sure
1: i appreciate that you know I've, i've done a lot of reading i actually have written also about vision statements and it's very similar to the the why statement But, you know, we have to got to see our future um, because if we can't see it, no one else can. So it gets back to your why statement and all the things you have within your why statement about transferring your practice and having your patients experience it. Because by that experience that now they can see it, they can, you know, they can feel it, they can experience it. And, And that's what drives it. But it's not just you who has to change. It also has to be your staff. And so let me ask you. How did, did you get your pharmacists, technicians, and other staff prepared for this why statement and for an ever evolving, ever-changing healthcare system?
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of the 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 golden question, right? So the, the why statement was just just the first step. It's one thing to have words on paper and it's another thing to uh bring it bring it down to practice. So um, you know, it took some time before it really set in. It's not just a snap your fingers and, and here we go. It, it had to, be, in our case, we had to consistently repeat it and spread the message, um, to the entire team, you know, not, not just, not just a few of them. It had to be consistently repeated over and over to the entire team. And so that was obviously the, the first, the first step is just kind of disseminate that message and, and continue to repeat it. Um, and then I think the, the the next step for us was just to take take some action, some sort of action, even if it's even if it's a small step towards the vision, uh, to really kind of uh, bring that vision down to ground level. So I, I think the quote is from Thomas Edison: "Vision without action is hallucination, or some variation of that." So um, you know, take some action, set a small set a small goal. Uh, to drive change and buy-in. Um, in our example, um, was several years ago when we were starting a, our MedSync program. Right, just just taking small steps to get those first couple patients enrolled, and then the next few patients, and the next, and, and gradually, um, you could see the transformation in our team and understanding what it was. So, but I think lastly, the biggest thing was just kind of progress over perfection. Um, it, it's easy for us as pharmacists to want everything perfect and. You know snap our fingers it's all there and when it doesn't work we kind of throw our hands up in the air but so i think it's just recognizing and accepting that that it'll take time and 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 repeat and there'll there'll be setbacks and there'll be uh there'll be progress and and just work for progress over perfection
1: i think some important points that you make josh is that um first of all having the vision passing that vision on and repeating it and so people are understanding that this is the way we're going to go and you know, I was at a couple of different um presentations um the past couple of weeks, and people asked, how did I get my practice to where it's at? And it's it's the same things that you're talking about, Josh, is having the vision, but building the foundation um, so that everybody understands that you know, for us to move forward, we got to make sure everybody's on board. <clears throat> Excuse me, everybody's on board, and that we have the processes the workflow in place to support those things, and you talked about MedSync um, being one of those processes for you to do that. Um, but once you have that foundation, it's amazing all the things that you can build upon that foundation to keep moving towards your vision. So let me ask you, you talked about MedSync, so I want to explore further. What other things did you change within your pharmacy to support the why statement?
2: Sure. So, um, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, sync is kind of our, kind of our baseline, right? Um, that, that was kind of our, our base process change that we felt needed to happen, um, in order to accomplish all the other things that we needed and so as our sync program grew we were able to then add um, a packaging component to it so um, you know strip packaging uh, at the community retail patient level um, was was kind of the next step uh, then we were able to really it, over time it allowed us to kind of even out our workflow and free up time uh, for our pharmacists to really start focusing on other areas so we had we had done some work with, uh, say, for example, um, pharmacogenetics. Um, we got heavier into the MTM. Obviously, we started focusing on on um, uh, some of the CPSN, Community Pharmacy Enhanced Service Network, um, started focusing in on um, many of the base requirements there and really, and, and really enhancing those services. And so it's just kind of evolved over time, and, and it's still evolving. It's certainly not a not a complete project, you know, we're, we're working uh, to, to free up more time for our, for our pharmacists and clinical staff, just like everyone else is, it's a, it's a, it's a constant change. So, um, for us, I think those are, those are the, the main things that we've seen, is just freeing up our pharmacists to start providing some of those services. Okay.
1: Well, you, you know that I often say when I speak, um, you know, our, our model at uh, Towncrest Pharmacy is free up the pharmacist, free up the pharmacist, by God, free up the pharmacist.
2: <laughs>
1: you know, you talk about um, synchronization being the baseline, and, and we totally agree with that as well, too. In fact, I had a student who's on rotation with me who's been impressed with what we're doing as far as just it's all integrated, everything works, and he said, you know, I, I appreciate when Kelly told me about Kelly Kent, my business partner, telling me about MedSync being the foundation, I said it is the foundation, but it wasn't the only part of the foundation. I said we had to still develop the process, and that process was how do I optimize the use of technicians so that they can be in control of the whole dispensing function, and how can I uh, utilize technology in a different way so it makes us more efficient, helps us with inventory control, um, helps us just be more efficient during the dispensing process and reduce errors. So in, in integrating that as well, too. And I said, and then what do I do with the pharmacists so that they realize it's not just doing final verification, because now in the state of Iowa, we have technicians who can do that and can do it better as, than pharmacists. But what are they doing in the workflow to make sure they're looking at the patient's drug therapy and, and identifying and, and resolving medication related problems? So, Josh, have you done anything with technology as far as adding technology, or have you done anything as far as expanding your staff, your technicians, or changing their roles as far as maybe a technician running the MedSync program? Have you utilized them in a different way?
2: Yeah, we have, actually. And and it's, you know, again, still evolving, but we have for several years now have had one of our our technicians um, ultimately in charge of. Of managing our sync program. So they would start off with the initial, um, the initial call, um, to patients to, to assess and, you know, need and any change and, uh, and then would, you know, either process it on or escalate any potential issues up, up to the pharmacist. So they would essentially drive the entire dispensing, uh, process. And so that's really freed up a lot of time, uh, for our pharmacists to be able to spend spend time with patients. Um, and as you mentioned, kind of the next step, which I think, um, which, which we hope to have in place this year is the technician product verification uh, to, to free up even more pharmacist time. So certainly we've utilized technology in our um, in our pharmacy uh, dispensing, our pharmacy management system that has kind of a built-in uh, med sync process. Uh, we've utilized uh, technology um, for counting and accuracy and quality assurance. Um, and inventory management so all those things that um, you know traditionally either a pharmacist or a technician was doing you know the more we could automate that the more um, we could leverage technology the more we could free up uh, both our technicians time to manage the program and our pharmacists time to manage the patient
1: so well, I appreciate that and then you know I also was thinking about a comment that you made too as far as was MedSync, but then you went into packaging as well, and obviously there's a lot of market disruption happening out there. It's not just the Amazon pill pack. We've got two other companies in our backyard here in Iowa City that are really trying to go at a more regional, national level with their own very same packaging, same packaging that we use too. And they're really trying to promote it to uh, payers and and to brokers and uh, other stakeholders in the healthcare system. As, you know, oh, boy, this is the new best way, and it will help patients be more adherent, and, you know, it's going to help improve cost overall, and I just think it's always interesting because, one, you're doing it, we're doing it, we've been doing it, you've been doing it, lots of independent pharmacies have been doing it, but the message that's not being addressed out there that I think payers will wrap their heads around because they're seeing it, and that is all the problems related to medications. It's not just fancy packaging that's going to help a patient. It's going to reduce overall health care costs. It's going to be the appropriate management of those medications. And you talked about MTM. You talked about pharmacogenomics. You talked about CPSN enhanced services. And I think about all those things being part of that, that answer to the question of how are you helping to manage the patient in a better way. And so I think we got to hit that message over and over and over again that what we do is help patients optimize their medication we identify and resolve medication-related problems, and we work collaboratively with other providers to make sure patients' medications are achieving therapeutic outcomes. Have you integrated that as part of your message for your why statement, and is that something that you guys try to achieve where your your, your message to the patients says, my role is to optimize your medications?
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right, Randy. Um, we, we've had those same discussions, and, and the discussion was "What what's different or unique? Or what do we feel is is better about our our packaging? You know, for example, or our sync program. You know, compared to all the other competitors that are out there. And and I think you, you you said it right and hit it on the head. You know, the the packaging or sync for that matter is just a, just a mode, right? That's just one uh, of our services that helps kind of synchronize and get things in lined up and makes it easier for the patient. But it's it's not the silver bullet by any means. You know, we've seen. One, people are non-adherent even on packaging. You know, how does that get addressed? You know, where, where, where does that get assessed within, within the workflow? Um, and also just an overall, you know, gap in care. So, uh, when it comes to a patient with, uh, with blood pressure, right? They have hypertension and, um, you know, they're taking your, the packaging, they don't see their doctor maybe for another six months. Um, you know, Where is the opportunity to help ensure that that patient is at the blood pressure? You know, it's a simple example, but that's something that packaging itself is not going to address, right? You know, there has to be some sort of um, integration and management and follow-up with that patient when they're coming in on a regular basis. And so, for us, that's how we look at it from from our packaging, our sync program, is just kind of the baseline um, to incorporate our, our other clinical services. And and I really think that's 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 where the opportunity is in, in community pharmacy. I, I think there there is a gap out there. And Randy, you, you know more more than anybody that there are stakeholders and payers out there that are that are interested and want to see pharmacy kind of fill this gap. But you know we we have to do the things that will that will fill the gap. As you say, you have to do those things in order to make a difference. So
1: you know I was um, looking up some data the other day um, on a presentation I was on, and I did identify and and you hear this a lot, but you know we in two thousand sixteen was the most recent number about how much money we spend on just drug therapy, and I think the number i I found out was like three hundred and twenty nine billion dollars that we spend, and that was in two thousand and sixteen so I'm sure we're higher than that but I think it was even more interesting is I start looking at the data that says what are what's the amount we spend?" On problems related to medications, and I can tell you, in 2012, it was uh, 280 billion. Now, think about that's 2012. Um, I I saw a number um, that I, I can't verify, but it was closer to 400 billion, like in 2017. The bottom line is this: if you're not, if the medications are not achieving the results that they are, and they're not being, and the patients are not being managed and monitored. There are a lot of issues that can occur, and it's costing the system a bundle of money. It's costing it more than the drug therapy itself. And that's the message I'm trying to get out to the, the brokers, the, the payers, the stakeholders, that just giving someone a medication is not going to make them better. It's someone who is actively managing it. And obviously, it's obvious to me, it's not being done routinely. And I think getting it back to where you're at, Josh – where you've integrated it within your system, yeah, you do med sync, and yes, you do packaging, but you're also monitoring that patient it's that ongoing monitor it's that storybook it's that story overall that we're of that patient that we know because we see that patient more frequently than other providers, and how do we feed that information so that we're proactively managing that patient so they are achieving a therapeutic outcome so yeah, it, it's it's a challenge, but I think you know the message is being heard out there, Josh. And and uh, with your efforts, you what you do is you make it real. So that if someone challenges it and says, "Well, I've never seen it," if they step into your pharmacy, they see it and they experience it. Now they understand. Okay, now I get it. So the work that you're doing is absolutely phenomenal, and it's very important that we continue on with that. So Josh, another question I have for you is, you know, you being a very innovative and, and visionary person, and I appreciate the books that you talked about, the quotes. I wrote them <laughs> all <book> down. <laughs> and I said, But what do you see community pharmacy in the next five years? What's your what's your vision that you see?
2: Yeah, I, I think it goes um, back to the really into that that filling that care gap, right? Um, I, I I think that, um, you know, right now we're, 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 I can't look into the future and see a scenario where reimbursement for dispensing is going to increase, right? Um, I, I think that the payment is going to be on the management of, of patients and filling that care gap. How that will evolve, that's for people like you, Randy, a little bit smarter than me to discover. But, uh, I do think that, um, I see it as a scenario where uh, pharmacy is paid for managing patients and filling that care gap and and really being an integrated part of the overall healthcare team rather than this kind of siloed dispensing function that's kind of on a need to know basis, you know, here's your prescription, get it out the door, lick stick pour, that sort of thing. So um that's where I see it going in five years. Obviously I think there are, you know, we think there are payers and stakeholders out there that that also want to see pharmacies succeed. So um the opportunities there, it's really just up, up to us to uh, to evolve down down that path. So um, you know, that that's kind of what I see over the next few years.
1: Let me expound on that then too. So um, the management of the medications, make sure they're optimized, and that's something we need to to own that role because we do know there are problems related to medications. But I also believe, and you know this because you're in a community and you're in two communities. You're integrated within that community. The other thing I see in the next five years is that pharmacists, we recognized that they are integrated within a community. And as we look at our patients, you know, drug therapy is one component of, of their lives. There's a lot of other components of their lives that may be prohibiting them from even getting access to medications. And so we talk about social determinants of health. So how can community pharmacists um, identify those issues that patients are having? And then connect them to the resources within the community to help them um, stabilize whatever it is that needs to be stabilized. And I can tell you with a study that we did at Towncrest, the three areas – and these are patients that have been coming to us for years, and we didn't realize there was the issues, and so we started asking. But the three main areas that we identified with our patient population was homelessness, affordability of medications, and transportation. And we – you know, it's just amazing to me that we, we – didn't recognize that, and we were just so focused on managing the drug therapy that we didn't realize that, well, it doesn't really matter if the patient can't get access to the medication, they can't afford the medication, or they made a decision that um, I'm going to get food instead of getting the medication. So it made us start to think about how we can connect those patients with the resources, and so we started partnering with um, social the social services and public health to identify who are some of the organizations or Individuals that can help these patients. So, have you had a, have you had any experience doing that in your pharmacy?
2: Uh, no, I, it's, it's actually I, I wrote that down. It's actually quite intriguing to think, you know, patients that you feel you know and you've worked with over and over and repeatedly, and uh, um, you know, the, the ones where you can close your eyes and you you have their drug therapy in your head. You know exactly, you know what the what the story is. But sometimes we don't go deep enough, right? We don't go deep enough. To say, why? You know, why really are we having these issues? So I think it, to me, it really kind of brings the, you know, kind of population health down to the local level. Bring it down to your patients and really kind of help understanding and what the actual issues are. Because you're absolutely right. You could do everything perfect from a drug management standpoint. If the patient doesn't have access, if they can't afford it, if they can't get to it, you're not helping anybody. So it's, it's extremely intriguing, and I, I think think a, a great area for pharmacy to focus on.
1: Well, I think that's again, you're the one who hit upon, you know, that um, you know, being in the community and having access to the patients, that they're seeing you more frequently. That's where a mail order or a packaging service that is not integrated within a community um, is even focused on. And really what we're trying to do is make sure that the patients are achieving a therapeutic outcome. So we got to look at for all the reasons. It's not just the management of the medications, but um, also connecting them to services and organizations that can help them um, in their life where it may be preventing them from uh, achieving a therapeutic outcome as well too. And so that's important. But other things that you talked about too, like pharmacogenomics, right? MTM, I'm sure you have a delivery service. When you think about all these other services that we can provide, it just takes it to another level, another notch. And I know you've been doing pharmacogenomics for a while, and I do believe that's an important service, and we're getting into it as well, too. Do you see that being part of the vision the next five years, that that expands?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I think you even look at it from a standpoint of all all the drugs coming out now, they have pharmacogenetics studies and testing and recommendations. So... Um, it 's another another key piece to really personalize care that I think needs to be in, incorporated you know with everything it it takes time before it 's kind of uh accepted by payers et cetera so um but I think we 've seen a little bit more progress over the past few years and I think that'll continue to grow a more a more predictable and personalized approach um and, and definitely a key piece uh going forward.
1: And my last question, and, and Josh, I appreciate your time today. I know as you talked about CPESN um, Iowa, that you're a member of CPSN Iowa. I believe your pharmacies are part of Flip the Pharmacy. Is that correct?
2: That is correct, yes. Yeah.
1: And so let me ask you what do you think about um, those two um, things, those two initiatives, CPSN USA, CPSN Iowa, and the Flip the Pharmacy, as far as helping to drive us to that vision that we have?
2: Yeah, no, it, it's spot on. I think it was one of the things I was excited about when I first um, saw the the obviously CPSN first and foremost, and, and then when the the flip the pharmacy um, grant was awarded to CPSN Iowa, I believe it was the actual entity that was awarded the grant. Uh, it it really parallels and drives that kind of that action, right? When we said take some action, you know, vision without action being hallucination, it really kind of Starts to paint um, the the process. Um, what is the process needed to get there? Because I think it can be easy to get stuck on the the vision of, hey, I want to be this community resource. Um, I want to be um, the you know the the pharmacy that's about outcomes and, and really you know producing results in, in my community but if we don't if we don't know how to get there if we don't know those next steps um th- that's where i feel community uh, cpsn um usa and iowa and obviously the flip the pharmacy initiative specifically really takes it down to the ground level of hey let's take those small steps let's take step 1 right let's take step 2 and let's start making some progress here um so i think they really uh really align with the the vision that you know you and I kind of have for for the future of, of pharmacy and I I'm really excited to see where it goes. We're having fun so far. So
1: that sounds great Josh. I appreciate your time and Josh, I just want to tell you too you're not just an innovator and a visionary but you're also one of the most uh, kind and and one of the nicest pharmacists that uh pre persons people that I've ever met and I just want you to continue to, um, you know, push the envelope and, and continue to help lead uh, community pharmacy and the things that you do. And it's really more just by the actions and the, and the things that you're doing within your own community. So thank you for all your efforts in that way.
2: Well, thank you, Randy. I really appreciate that, especially coming from you. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, you have a great weekend and thank you, everyone, for listening. And, um, you know, as, as pharmacy is going through a lot of challenges, but as you can see with um, with Josh and with some of the other guests that we've had and the, the future looks very exciting and there's a lot of opportunity. So everyone have a great weekend. Bye-bye.
0: The thrive subscribe podcast is brought to you by thrive pharmacy transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you and transform your pharmacy practice.